What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my main man, my tag team partner, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, it's Wednesday night. We got it's the night before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no song about that, like the night before Christmas and all <laughs> through the house. But uh, there is three football games that are less than a day away at this point. And that means there's extra onus on us to get our rankings out the door and get this podcast up on the air so people can uh, make their decisions about who they're going to start and sit this week. Because, you know, a lot of players are getting locked in tomorrow and then that can really uh, reduce your options when we get to Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw you tweeted out today. We've got our rankings up on rosrankings.com. So they're out there. They're ready. Um, Go check them out. And yeah, we've got three games to get into. There's a lot of moving parts. We were just talking before we got started on about how there's like, you got new quarterbacks. You know, when I posted my rankings earlier, it was right before uh, Mike White had been declared the quarterback. I had him ranked just as a guess because I didn't think Zach Wilson, you know, would be starting, but we didn't know if it was going to be Flacco or White for a little bit. And now we know it's Mike White. And uh, I mean, what else? We got all we got all sorts of stuff. We didn't know on. it was going to be Sam Darnold for sure. It could have been yeah. PJ Walker if he was healthy enough. And sure. Uh, and then that Kyle Allen one just kind of came out of nowhere. I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly shocking. It's not like the Texans have been a powerhouse offense under Davis Mills, but right. uh, that was one that uh, we didn't get any advance warning about until today. <laughs> so three quarterback changes. We also <laughs> shockingly saw Melvin Gordon and Daryl Henderson get cut. Yep. <laughs> in the last few days so there's been a lot of interesting happenings that are going to have some trickle down ripple effects on other players and situations uh so this should be a fun episode and uh you know why don't we just jump right into those thursday night games and and uh discuss those issues as they arise let's do it all right so the first game on thanksgiving day will be the bills at the lions uh over under on this one is massive 54 mm-hmm. and a half points and the Bills are favored by nine and a half. Um, you know, one thing I find interesting is uh, uh, I saw Adam Leventan uh, tweeted something about how the Bills uh, were under their their pass rate compared to expectation was way below expectation last game for the first time all season. Hmm. Uh, and I do wonder if that was had something to do with Josh Allen's elbow and his health and then just wanting to ride the running game and the defense a little more than they typically would. And I also wonder if that might have any sort of uh, continuation into this week, because interestingly, you know, working on my rankings, I noticed that um, Devin Singletary and uh, Tyler Bass have both had their two best games of the season the last two weeks. Uh, And I don't know if that's a coincidence or what, but uh, it does seem like this team is uh, is operating a little differently lately than they have uh, over the course of the full season. Yeah, and I mean, some of it could be matchup because while uh, I mean, I'm I'm with you. Like, I'm I'm ranking Devin Singletary as an RB two. Uh, it's a good match. It it seems like a good matchup on paper, and he's been doing well. But like Detroit has been, you know, like their adjusted rankings against running backs has been better, and they're much easier to attack through the air. So if Allen is healthy-ish and healthy enough. I could see a big bounce back for, I mean, it's easy to see a big bounce back, right? If he's healthy for <laughs> yeah. a Josh Allen and then yeah. Dave Davis and Diggs and all these guys and Singletary might kind of come back down to earth. But I do think that Allen might be running less right near the goal line. Maybe Singletary still finds the end zone and gets 15 to 20 touches, which well, is with an elbow valuable. injury. I, I thought maybe, he th- you know, it, it wouldn't necessarily make him run less. It's not like with the Justin Fields injury where uh, taking hits is an issue. You know, it feels yeah. like it's more of a throwing issue with him, but um 
I, I really, I was just trying to set a trap for you. I don't, I don't really buy my own <laughs> argument. I, I have Josh Allen ranked as my number one QB and Stefan Diggs is my number one wide receiver for the week. So, uh, I'm not pumping the brakes on, uh, on starting those bills. Obviously. I mean, no one would be benching no. him, but, uh, I think you can be extremely bullish on them in this matchup against Detroit, especially in the dome. You know, it's going to be nice weather for, uh, <laughs> or lack of weather, I guess you could say, right. uh, and the turf and just uh, ideal conditions for offense. So, um, yeah, it's all it's all systems go for uh, for Allen and Diggs and I, you know, Gabe Davis too. I mean, I've got him as my wide receiver eighteen this week. So mm-hmm. locked in wide receiver two, and even a guy like McKenzie uh, could could potentially find the end zone in a game like this. Um, Dawson Knox too. He's uh, yeah. quietly been kind of. Stepping up his game a little bit to the point where I'm back considering him a a consideration um, for streaming tight ends. Well, I admittedly know very little about when it comes to like DFS, but for fun on a day like Thanksgiving with three games, I thought it would be fun to to make a lineup. So I just made a big stack with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Gabe Davis. Um, and and I'll, I'll maybe I'll let you in on who else I filled it in with. We'll see how it goes. But this isn't like great advice because it's not something I do very often. But I like to think I have a little bit of knowledge in the area. So. Um, thought it'd be fun to make a, a lineup, so I got I'm stacking I'm stacking those guys. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you can't really go wrong stacking bills. It's like stacking <laughs> Chiefs or something, you know. It's like yeah, hard stack to those object. bills. Um, yeah, yeah. How about and, the Lions side of this game? I mean, the, the game flow they should be playing from behind. Uh, you know, we've talked many times on the show about uh, home Jared Goff versus road mm-hmm. Jared Goff. So this will be home Jared Goff, but uh, it's also against a, a pretty tough defense, tough matchup. Um, so how are you feeling about Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, and other Lions in this game? Well, I mean, I, you said it. I mean, I kind of like Goff being at home uh, with negative game script. He's my QB 14, so wow. I've got him up okay. pretty high Like versus – I think that's a little bit higher than consensus anyway. Um, and then Amon Ross, St. Brown is in my top 10, so I'm not – like he hasn't scored in a long time, but just like we talked about him a couple of days ago. I kind of compared him to like a Terry McLaurin, you know. Goff has eyes for him. He's going to get a ton of targets. So I don't see how you could sit him in any sort of uh, scenario, you know, especially like with potential injuries and things down the road. Like you want to make sure you get like your studs on Thursday, you know, on Thanksgiving in your lineup. So definitely mm-hmm. not worried about I'm on Ross St. Brown. But, you know, after that, like DeAndre Swift is he's been pretty borderline for a long time and he's he is in this game for me, too. But Jamal Williams, I mean, gosh, the guy is like finds the end zone, you know, multiple times in so many games, it's hard to bench him. He's he's right there. I have to look and see where he is, but he's got to be an RB2 for me, like pretty much just blindly. Yeah, I have him as an RB2 as well, but I um, I will admit to doing that with a little bit of hesitation in this game because just the fact that they are almost 10-point underdogs, I mean, they're not going to be running the ball a ton probably in this game. Not that Williams is really about uh, volume anyway. He's more about goal line work. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, it sort of comes down to (laughs) how many goal line snaps do they have? Um, Because they've been effective with that with him. But um, I think he's like a back end RB2 in this in this game. I I mentioned in my column at Fantasy Pros last week that um, he has really soft matchups in the fantasy playoffs. And I might even have him as like a low end RB1 in those matchups. But in this one, I think he's more of a low-end RB2. Um, and then Amon Ra, yeah, like he's still getting tons of targets, but I do wonder if he's like, it's getting to the point where he's a little bit overrated in fantasy circles because I, 
I, I don't know. Maybe it's just my Twitter feed or whatever, but it just seems <laughs> like everybody is so high on him and always like saying he's a wide receiver one. He's been a wide receiver one only twice this entire season, and one of them was in week two. So um, he's still getting the targets. Uh, he, he's got. He's a good. He's like a volume play. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I, I don't. I feel like there's a little too much excuse making for him going on. You know, like he was. It's like. The, what he did down the stretch down the stretch last season is so ingrained in people's minds that I think it's causing him to be a little bit overrated at this point. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. He he was hurt there for a little bit during the middle of you know the, the last ten twelve weeks or whatever. And uh, yeah, I mean if you look at you look recently, like he did have one of those top ten games against Chicago a couple weeks ago, um, and that was even on the road and eleven targets. I mean like his it's it's the targets, it's the volume. You're right, it's a target um, you know volume play. Um, yeah, it's it's more like. He's due, <laughs> you know, the, he's going to get some touchdowns here. And, you know, they're going to come, you would think. I mean, or he could just have a DJ Moore type season like last year where it's like, you know, he just doesn't find the end zone at all and just has a lot of volume. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, like you don't want him to turn into like Jacoby Myers or Deontay yeah. Johnson or something like that, you know. So yeah. that's that's sort of the worry, I guess. But, I mean, I have missed my wide receiver 16. So, again, like I'm, I'm not like trashing the guy or anything like that. I just think – the idea that he's like an every week top 12 guy doesn't really fly for me at this point. And yeah. I am lower than you on Goff, by the way, significantly. I have him <laughs> at, currently at, at QB 27. Um, I just, <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, I mean, he's really just nosedived. And he it, has. like, I don't know if it's like the, the home road thing doesn't fully explain it. You know, like he, he had two huge games early in the season uh, against Washington and Seattle, two in the first four weeks uh, where he threw four touchdowns in each of those games. And at that point, through four games, he had thrown 11 touchdowns. And then in the last six games, he's only thrown a total of four touchdowns. So, like, it's been a different a different guy. And it hasn't all been bad matchups. So, uh, and this, and by the way, is kind of a bad matchup. So, uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of uh, giving up on Goff as a QB streamer. And I think it's reflected in that ranking. Yeah, there's definitely some streamers I like better. So, we'll get into them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next game on the on the Thanksgiving Turkey Day slate is the Giants and the Cowboys. Uh, really big game in real life for playoff positioning in the NFC East. Uh, the over under is forty five and a half, and the Cowboys favored by ten. Mm. Another, you know, once again we see Vegas not not really respecting the Giants very much. Um, now this game is in Dallas. The Cowboys are in great form right now, and the uh, and the Giants are not as much. So I, yeah. I get it, um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you think this game's going to be closer than that? You've been watching the World Cup, I think, a little bit. You're talking about a team being in good form. That's like a soccer term. <laughs> I know, right? I have definitely been watching a lot of World Cup. We could yeah. do a separate podcast on that. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like this this line. I think I think I saw six and a half even before. Uh, Dallas, uh, you know, blew out the Vikings last week, and then it, and then it moved. Um, I did. I hadn't actually before we started recording. I hadn't realized it moved all the way to ten. So it's it's been moving that way. Which, yeah, man, double digits is so big for a division game. I feel like it was just like a week or two ago, right? We were talking about Philly versus Washington and that eleven point spread, and Philly was at home, and then Washington went in there and beat them. Um, I don't think the Giants are going to go in there and beat them, but like this is too many points for me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely betting on the Giants to cover this. And I, I might put them in like a teaser where I get it even up to like 16 or 17 or something. Um, because well, yeah, so do you I think, think, do you think that's the case because uh, the, the Giants are going to score some points on that Cowboy defense? Or do you think that 
that the, that the Cowboys offense is going to get slowed down a little bit in this game. I think the Giants can score 13 to 17 points and that it'll be more of a grinded out kind of game. Like I could see like a, um, I don't know, like a 24 to 17 type game. Yeah. I, I don't think that the, I don't think Dallas is going to just light it up like they did um, against Minnesota. I think that game got out of hand and I, I'm trying to put that one kind of out of my memory and just thinking about this on its own, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put them for forty points. That's probably that's probably yeah. fair. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I still I do have Dak as like a top six quarterback in this game, and I and I'm really pretty far out on Daniel Jones. Like as a QB streamer, I've got him as my QB seventeen this week. Mm-hmm. I like if you're streaming quarterbacks, I I would go with guys like uh, certainly a Jimmy Garoppolo, but even guys like Marcus Mariota, T- Taylor Heineke who has a great matchup. Matt Ryan, I actually have ranked mm. uh, one spot ahead of Daniel Jones, so. That's kind of where I am on that. And then the other interesting thing, of course, is the Cowboy running back situation. Uh, does yep. Ezekiel Elliott get worked in more this week than he was last week? Because last week it was really those two touchdowns that saved his fantasy day. And it, otherwise it was just more of what, more of the same, more of the Tony Pollard show. And I'm all in on Tony Pollard at this point. I, I, I do think maybe Zeke plays a few more snaps, but the touchdown regression could come. So I have Pollard as my RB11, hmm. and I have Ezekiel Elliott as my RB32. <laughs> so I'm I'm taking a stand here that uh, even if the snaps are kind of close to even, I, I just think that Pollard is going to do so much more with his opportunities. Yep, I, I, I have him similarly ranked Pollard at 15, uh, Zeke at 28. So pretty similar. You, you have Zeke a little lower, Pollard a little higher. So a little bit of a difference there but yeah similar and I'm with you on Dak like he's my QB7 I have him pretty high Um, so I mean I'm trying not to talk out of both sides of my mouth here I have CeeDee Lamb you know high as well I just think with Dallas it's like I could see I could see basically Dak you know Lamb and Pollard all having really good games and Zeke maybe not if he doesn't find the end zone right so it's a pretty narrow tree I think even Dalton Schultz can be a top 10 tight end which might just mean he has five catches for 50 yards right he's a top 10 tight end (laughs) yeah i mean he's like a top five tight end for me this week just by (laughs) default exactly so Um, yeah that's that's kind of how i see it yeah i mean lamb's coming off that quiet game last week but we know he could explode at any time i i do think uh he's i have him at wide receiver 10 so you know not not locking him as like a top five guy or anything like that but he's definitely a must start um, and then, yeah, like you said, I mean, Saquon is obvious. You start him. And uh, beyond that, the Giants, it's tough. I mean, like Darius Slayton is a decent wide receiver three at this point, I think, uh, just based on volume. But uh, beyond that, I think uh, it's it's kind of steer clear of Giants. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's my wide receiver 32. I'd really like to see Daniel Bellinger uh, get healthy and come back. Last I saw, he was dealing with some double vision still in that eye, you know, that eye <laughs> issue. He got poked. Uh, gosh, it was like over a month ago now, I feel like. But yeah, until he returns, it's Darius Slayton, and I'd like to see him get back in the mix because I think we saw some positive stuff from him. Um, but I wouldn't play him even if he's like back this week. You know, I'd wait wait a week to see what he can do. Yep, for sure. All right, and then the final Thursday game is uh, the Patriots and the Vikings. This is another interesting one. Uh, Over under is forty two and a half, and the Vikings are favored by two and a half. Um, Vikings, of course, coming off a humiliating defeat, and uh, the Patriots coming off of a a miraculous uh, victory on a punt return touchdown <laughs> at the very end of the game. So these two teams are really uh, 
on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like emotionally where they're at coming into the game. Mm-hmm. And that like, if we've learned anything, that probably means that Minnesota is going to win this game by 20 points. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's I don't like... actually think that, but well... not with that new England defense, but <laughs> I understand why the Vikings are favored. Yeah. If they do win by 20 points, I think it'll be like, you know, 23 to three or something. Cause I, I mean, it's easy to see a low scoring game here, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the Patriots have just really struggled offensively. I mean, They've looked like the Denver Broncos, to be honest, lately on offense. And I know the Jets are a good good team, and they've had their bye recently and things like that, but they've just really sputtered. Uh, they, they look decent at times with Bailey Zappi behind center, but just really haven't looked good with Mac Jones. So I just I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think Kirk Cousins will struggle against this you know this defense that'll get after him. And so I just think we're going to see a lot of punting. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to play guys like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, but I even lowered Justin Jefferson almost out of my top 10, which seems crazy, but... He just, I don't know, I could see him having a, a quiet game. But, again, you're, you're playing him, but just I wouldn't play him in, like, DFS-type things like that, even though he has That's the, interesting. I mean, I couldn't lower him any lower than four, but I did put him behind Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, which I don't do most of the time, but um, I feel like I kind of have to in this matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, Thielen also has really fallen off uh, lately. Uh, I think he's been a little banged up, and then the acquisition of Hawkinson – uh, has has been an issue. KJ Osborne picked up double digit targets a couple weeks ago, so it's yep. just been it's been kind of a decline for Thielen, and he is reaching that age cliff. Uh, so uh, he's he's not really like I have him at wide receiver forty three. So like he's outside of my wide receiver three range at this point. Yeah, I'm, he's my wide receiver thirty eight. But as I adjust my rankings tomorrow morning and things before the game, he might fall a little bit further because yeah, he's. When we talked about him last week, I was like, well, the targets have been there. And then he only got three targets last week. Like you said, KJ Osborne had a bunch of targets. So, I mean, if he's not getting the targets, yeah, he's you're, you're not even considering Adam Thielen. So, yeah. And he's not getting the touchdowns, too, because right. touchdowns were really the key for Thielen the last couple seasons. Like, early in his career, he was putting up, like, you know, I, don't, I have to look up the stats. I feel like he had, like, a 1,400-yard season one year or something like that. But the last couple of years it's it hasn't been huge yardage totals it's been right. like 800 900 yards uh with like double digit touchdowns and it doesn't seem like he's getting that kind of uh red zone uh opportunity this year yep and um you know i was trying to pull up my defenses i actually have both defenses as top 12 plays just because again i, I think it's gonna be low scoring i think we're gonna see a lot of sacks maybe some turnovers so um like i said you're playing some of these guys like dalvin Ramondre stevenson we didn't mention but like I'm playing him. I'm just not expecting a whole lot, you know. Yeah, I have the I have the Minnesota defense at seven, but Patriots I have down at fourteen. I just, you know, this game's in Minnesota, and uh, I it is prime time Kirk Cousins, and I know there is that yeah. that narrative that he struggles in in prime time, and, and maybe it's more than a narrative, maybe it's just a fact. But um, I don't know. I, I still think Dalvin will be all right, and and Jefferson will be all right, and they'll score. They'll they'll probably get to twenty points, I think, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's definitely not going to be a shootout. And uh, um, Stevenson is really the only Patriot I'm excited to start. I, I just think that he's still dominating the snaps over Harris and he's getting all that passing down work. So um, I, I think Stevenson is still a low end RB1 at this point. Yep. Sure. Agreed. All right. Let's move on to the Sunday games and we'll start with Denver at Carolina. Over under is. 36 points exciting Uh, yeah and the broncos on the road favored by two i don't really get that i mean like i actually think sam darnold is probably a good thing for the carolina 
offense. And I mean, I think he's definitely a good thing for this offense compared to Baker Mayfield. I, you know, maybe not compared to PJ Walker, but, um, at least he's a wash there, I would say. So, um, I think, uh, you know, this is, this is going to be a defensive game. Uh, no doubt about it. Both teams have good defenses and, uh, have offensive struggles to put it mildly, but, um, you know, I, I feel like, um, DJ Moore, like, is, he, he was mu- so much better when Darnold was his quarterback than he was when Mayfield was. So I think there's some hope for him again. Again, this is a tough matchup. So uh, mm-hmm. even even with the boost to Darnold, I can't I can't be too far in on DJ Moore. But but like I do have him uh, kind of as a borderline. Uh, well, actually, I guess I have him more as like a mid range wide receiver three for this game just because of the matchup. But um, I do think there are better days ahead for him at least. Yeah, he's my wide receiver 30, DJ Moore is. I, it's one of those things when when it was we found out it was going to be Sam Darnold instead of Baker. I wanted to move him up more, and then, it, like you said, the matchup's tough. Um, I had someone reaching out to me on Twitter earlier about uh, Dante Foreman versus uh, Traylon Burks uh, for, mm. a, for a flex spot this week, which was really close. And I looked at my flex rankings, which I don't adjust very much, but Fantasy Pros kind of defaults him a little bit for me, and I had them really close uh, by default. But I have Dante Foreman all the way down at RB32, which was surprising to me, but there's just a lot of running backs I like this week. Um, when we go through the, I mean, there's just a lot that I like. There's a lot of, you know, I have, even have guys like Zeke above him uh, who we just got d- done talking about. So um, I would play like Dante Foreman over a guy like DeAndre Swift, who we just got done talking about. But I don't know, as we go through the games, there's a lot of guys I like ahead of him. I'm curious where you have Foreman. Yeah, I have him at RB30, so pretty much right with you there. I, I mean, the problem is uh, I do feel like he's kind of game script dependent. Um mm-hmm. And he he actually played one fewer snap than Chuba Hubbard did last week. So uh, I don't know if this is like I I still expect Foreman to lead the uh, committee, but it is a committee. It's not he's not a bell cow at this point. Um, and you know people have pointed out that uh, two of his three huge games were against the Falcons. So he kind of needs yeah. to prove he can do that kind of thing against better defense. Um, and uh, this is definitely a tough matchup for him. So I think based on you know, not really knowing is he going to play like fifty-five percent of the snaps or seventy-five percent. Um, I I think that alone lowers him, and then you add in the matchup as well. Um, you know, the one positive for him, I feel like, is that uh, that Denver offense has been so bad that like they're not going to run away with this game. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it should be a game script where they can stick to the run if they want to. Um, but then again. Uh, that game last week against the Ravens was three to three, like into the fourth quarter, I believe. And they didn't (laughs) run the ball that much then. So I don't really know, um, you know, what the new coaching staff there is really, uh, is really thinking in terms of that. But, uh, yeah, he's kind of like, you know, choosing between him and Traylon Burks is, is uh, like the way I usually answer questions like that is I'm like, are you a favorite or an underdog? Because if you're a big favorite, uh, you, you just probably take the guaranteed touches that you're going to get from Foreman. Uh, but if you need some upside to win your matchup, like Traylon Burks feels like he has a lot more upside uh, than Deonta Foreman does in this particular matchup. Yeah, and look at the implied team totals and things like that. You know, we're, we're talking about a game here with an over-under of 36, like you said. So, like, how many touchdowns are, is Carolina actually going to score? Maybe two? Um, I mean, maybe maybe zero. This might be a <laughs> zero touchdown game for both sides. Probably or not. Or Vegas is just wrong about Sam Darnold, and he's going to come out yeah. and light him up. <laughs> yeah, he's not seeing ghosts anymore. We're way past Halloween, you know? Come on. Yeah, right? Exactly. Um, you're seeing turkeys. <laughs> well, you're seeing Russell Wilson's. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 
Speaking of which, the the Broncos, man. I, I mean, every week we talk about how like we want to poke our eyes out watching this team play football. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, their defense has kept them in every single game, uh, and yet they're still three and seven because of how bad the offense has been. And Nathaniel Hackett is dead man walking. I think I think he's going to be a one and done coach. Yeah. Um, but you know, Sutton gets the volume, but uh, and like he should keep getting it if Judy doesn't play, and it seems like Judy probably won't play. Yep. Um, but like the chance of him finding the end zone feels remote. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, uh, but, but yeah, like I have him as a kind of a volume play, just like we got done talking about, like I'm on Ross St. Brown. I don't have him as high as that, but I do have him as a borderline wide receiver too. Chris Sutton is my, well, he's right there. He's my wide receiver 24. So I'm likely playing him in this game, even though again, not not a super exciting prospect, but yeah, the volume should be there. And he's a good player. I like his talent. You know, I just traded for him in our dynasty league. Like, I like the talent. Um, not a great matchup, but I mean, I don't know if I don't know if you're ever going to really want to play Sutton that much down the stretch this year. But I think I'm going to have to in the couple leagues that I have him. Yeah, no, it's like you said. I mean, I actually have him ranked exactly where you have him. So it is it is very much like a volume play situation. Um, but. It, you know, and it's you could probably say the same thing about Latavius Murray too, right? I mean, like he should get a huge workload, and uh, I actually think I probably like Latavius Murray more than you do, based on um, a Twitter question we were <laughs> yeah. asked uh, today. Um, I have him as my RB twenty one. Uh, oh yeah, the, you know Carolina is a lot better statistically against the pass than the, against the run. So, uh, and I also just like I, I feel like it's going to be a committee there eventually uh, again, but I don't know if it's going to be a committee so much this week because Marlon Mack, like I don't know if he's ready to step in and play significant snaps and uh, right. You know, uh, who else do they have? They've got a uh, Devin, Devin, Devin Ozigbo. I mean, he's like a, maybe like a third down back potentially, but I don't think he's going to play as many snaps as like a Mike Boone or a Chase Edmonds was earlier in the season. So I feel like this could be one of those weeks where you do see Latavius Murray handle a ton of work. And he's actually been kind of like surprisingly effective this season. Like he's had more than his share of good games. Um, I feel like he's, I'm, I'm looking up now, but I think he's been like a top 24 running back. Let's see. He's been a top 26 running back four times already and a top 35 running backs uh six times so and that's in like he he is only the only game he was not a top 34 running back was his first game of the season and he never he didn't play he didn't touch the ball so yeah. every game he's played in he's been a top 34 running back yeah and i mean like we were just kind of talking about sutton if by chance you have a guy like Cortland Cortland sutton and uh you you, you added it, latavius murray off the waiver wire because he was available he was our, you know, I think he was available in like 75% of the leagues when we did the waiver wire show a couple of days ago. So if you added him, I would actually like Latavius Murray over Sutton as a flex play. You know, we were yep. just done talking about flex players. I think I would default to the guy who's probably going to touch the ball 20 times and maybe get some goal line work because, yeah, Marlon Mack, Ozigbo, these guys might not even get worked in. So I could see Latavius Murray getting 80 to 90% of the, the running back touches for whatever it's worth in this particular game. Yeah, I mean, that's worth a lot, I think. It's like bell cow yeah. running backs yeah. do not grow on trees, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think he's, I don't know, I feel like he's almost like a must-start. And he even gets worked in in the passing game. He's caught seven passes in the last two games. So, um, I'm I'm pretty 
pretty uh, bullish on, on Latavius Murray, even though he's in a, a trash offense and he's kind of a journeyman <laughs> player at this point. Yeah, all right. Latavius hey, Murray, let's do it. it's late the season, man. You got to do what you got to do, right? <laughs> you do. <laughs> and don't play Russ, by the way. Please do no. not play Russ if you can possibly avoid it. Uh, I mean, I'm like – I'm in a super flex league with Russ, and I'm and I picked up Mike White, and I'm actually thinking about potentially starting Mike White ahead of of Russell Wilson. It's come to that. I like that. He's got a better matchup, and he's gonna. I mean, I like Mike White to go out there and play his butt off. Like, sling it, man. <laughs> yeah, and if you're in a one QB league, like the way to avoid Russell Wilson is just put him on the waiver wire. You know, he should be oh, on the waiver no, wire. I mean, you should have done that like <laughs> six weeks ago, basically. At this, but point, yeah, but. exactly. <laughs> All right, next game: Tampa Bay at Cleveland. Over under is forty two and a half. And the Bucks on the road favored by three and a half. Bucks coming out of their bye. Uh, you know, I, I think Tom Brady had what his best game of the season was it before the before the bye basically. Yeah, um, I think so. So uh, I guess he had one game against Kansas City early in the year that was better, but basically his best game in the one of his best games of the year uh, against Seattle uh, in Week Ten. So. Do they keep this going, do you think? I mean, like, because my instinct is always to rank Buccaneers highly. Like, uh, I always mm-hmm. want to rank Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as top 20 wide receivers each and every week. And when they're going good, I want to rank them, as, you know, Evans is like a top 10 guy and Godwin as a top 15. <laughs> like, um, yep. they haven't been going good most of this season, but maybe maybe they're trending up now. Well, like you said, coming off the bye, you know, people should be healthy. It's all it, it's nice, uh, kind of. They're, they're, five, they're five and five. Uh, this might be a good time for the for the Bucks to have their buy. I don't know if there's ever a, a great time, but yeah, I have Godwin. Like you said, top fifteen. I'm kind of right there. I have Godwin as my wide receiver thirteen, Evans seventeen. So I am ranking Godwin ahead of him. I was ranking Evans. Yeah, I was ranking Evans ahead for the longest time, but the touchdowns haven't been there. I mean, I could easily see Evans having a better game, but that's just that's just how I'm going to rank him until I see otherwise. Um, you know, Godwin. He's a great player himself. I think the bigger thing that I'm curious to see is you know Lenny. Is Fournette healthy mm-hmm. coming out of the bye? Because it sounds like his doesn't hip is still like sore. It. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's healthy. I know. And so, like, if his hip's still sore, I mean, coming out of the bye, if he doesn't play, I'm going to move Rashad White way up. Um, right now I have Fournette kind of like a borderline RB2 and then Rashad White not far behind, basically, uh, ranking them similarly. And then, yeah, if Fournette's out, I'll probably have Rashad White, like, inside my top 20 running backs. Mm. I, I I have it ranked like Fournette will play, but I I have White Me ahead too. of him anyway. Um, okay. I have White at uh, RB twenty eight and Fournette at thirty six. So, hmm. I mean, this is not a team that's run the ball well this season. Like they haven't run the ball well all season. So, like the key for the running backs, I think, is to be involved in the passing game. Um, but I don't know. Like White definitely could jump in my rank like if, if Fournette is out mm-hmm. I'll probably bump white up into my top 20 um but maybe even a little higher than that because I don't know I don't know who else they're really going to play uh behind him I mean Keyshawn Vaughn I guess could see a, a sprinkling of snaps I one thing to watch is whether Gio Bernard gets activated because he has been designated to return so sometimes that opens a three-week window so sometimes mm-hmm. guys come back the first week and sometimes it takes three weeks you know so we'll have to see uh, with Gio Bernard, I, I do feel like that is another thing to factor in because he's the kind of player that like gets some snaps, even if he will, even if Fournette's healthy. You know, like he, even if White and Fournette are both fine, like he'll still play twenty five percent of the snaps and steal some targets. So I feel like that's another thing that could lower the ceiling uh, for both of those guys. 
Yeah, no, that's a good call. I will like like I will say, uh, just looking at my rankings, we just got done talking about Jamal Williams and Devin Singletary in that Buffalo Detroit game. I have them both as RB twos. I would move Rashad White ahead of both of those guys um, if Fournette is ruled out. But again, it's people are listening to this. It's Thursday, you know. It's Thanksgiving. You're setting your lineups. I'm not recommending waiting on that, you know, unless we somehow get some early news or something. But we probably won't. So you'll probably have to play Williams and or Singletary ahead of at least for me, Rashad White and uh, Fournette for now. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be really close anyway. So I wouldn't, it, yeah. I wouldn't sweat it. Like if you have, you know, if you have those guys, then uh, I would be, I'd be fine just starting them and, yep. and then let the chips fall where they may later in the week. Exactly um, for flex plays. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then you know Brady too. I, you know, I feel like he's kind of the one that it doesn't matter who's catching the ball. Like Tom Brady when he's at his best, like he loves spreading the ball around. You know, mm-hmm. so he's got Cam Brate now back, so he's got the two tight ends going. Uh, we Julio Jones has started to uh, play uh, consistent snaps and be healthy. Maybe mm-hmm. even Russell Gage makes it back this week. Who knows? He could Brady could have all his weapons back after the bye, and um, and that would help him. I think continue to trend up. So like I have him at QB twelve right now. Um, Me too. But I could even see going a couple spots higher on him. Uh, the 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 only hesitation I have is that the Browns are just such a bad run defense. It's kind of like they you know. They should just run the ball, but they it's like Tampa Bay hasn't run well. Cleveland hasn't stopped the run well. So it's like the, uh, what is it? The, the movable object versus the, <laughs> the weak force or I, I don't know what the saying. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> I get you. Um, I'm right so there we'll with see. you though. I have Brady at 12. I'd move him up to maybe 10, especially if we get like Russell Gage in, uh, if Fournette's out, something like that. And we think, well, this might be a game where Brady throws it 50, 55 times because we've seen him do that. And dink his dunk, dink and dunk his way down the field. Um, you know, if like you're in Scott Fishbowl or something, and you have Brady, I wish I had picked Brady over Matthew Stafford at this point. Even though you know neither has been great this year, but man, for something like completion percentage, this feels like a game where he's going to be like 35 of 50, you know, or something, mm-hmm. and just have a mm-hmm. a ton of volume. And yeah, Gage, it's it's under the radar. You're not playing a guy like Russell Gage, but it would help Brady, I think for sure. Yeah, yeah, and a guy like Gio Bernard would help Brady too. Uh, sure, and. Uh, you know, the other thing is, like, the Browns give up more points on the ground than through the air, but I feel like part of that's just because they're so bad on the ground. Like, it's not like they have a lockdown pass defense or something like that. So, I think right. I think Brady could pick them apart. Um, and then on the Browns side of the ball, I, you know, they're, they're, um, they're three-and-a-half-point dogs, 42-and-a-half over-under, so it's pretty low. Yeah. Like, you know, Nick Chubb is going to do – he's going to be – like, even against a, a tough front and – Tampa Bay is known for having the toughest uh, interior line in the league. Like Nick Chubb's still going to be fine in this game, but it's not a game to consider Kareem Hunt, I don't think. And uh, you know, I like I love Amari Cooper and uh, mm-hmm. and Devon- Donovan Peoples Jones, so I'm kind of like just playing those guys regardless of matchups at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm with you. Amari Cooper is my wide receiver 15. If you have him in your top 12, I would not argue with you. I mean, like, yeah, he's 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 been better at home. I know that's one of those narrative with the home road, road splits uh, or neutral, let's say, like last week. Um, and, yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones is my wide receiver 33. I could see bumping him up a couple spots. So he's in that – he's a solid wide receiver three for me. He has been for, like, the last month. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, we got a mind meld. I've got him at 15 and 34. So <laughs> right there with <laughs> yeah. you. And then Njoku right. um, made it back last week and – uh, he mm-hmm. seems to be over his injury, so 
uh, given the state of tight end, like he jumps right up to my tight end eight this week. Interesting. I thought, so I have to go back and look. I thought he had picked up like a knee injury or something. I saw the questionable tag next to him and I thought he was dealing with a little something else. But I mean, if he's, if he is getting healthier, like that definitely makes a lot of sense. He's still like my tight end 13. So I haven't moved him quite up that yet just because I'm not, I'm not convinced on the the health just yet. I think he, you got a full right. practice in today. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, okay. Well, that would be good oh, news. Never mind. He did not practice today. There oh. we go. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll have to see. I mean, Wednesday practices, you can kind of take them with a grain of salt. But, um, it's a yeah. I mean, it's really about this knee in- injury because he, he came back from the high ankle sprain and played last week but split the reps with Harrison Bryant. So, now you're wondering, does he go back to full snaps? And uh, if he does, mm-hmm. you know, in Thursday practice, if he gets in a limited, like, I'll feel pretty good he's going to play. Uh, on, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he has a lot of upside for, for tight end, and that's a rare thing. Absolutely, yep. All right, next game, Baltimore at Jacksonville, over under 43.5 points, and the Ravens on the road favored by four. Uh, you know, I've talked a little bit lately about Lamar Jackson and how – he just hasn't quite <laughs> had those ceiling games that we uh, have come to expect from him. Um, and, you know, a lot of missing weapons in the passing game uh, over the course of the season for him. Uh, Andrews should be back to pretty much full health, I think, at this point. But they still mm-hmm. don't have a lot in the receiving game. Um, the, the running back situation is murky now as well. Um, I, you know, it, like you would think going against Jacksonville would be a plum spot for Ravens, but, uh, to me, it's like Lamar is kind of a mid to low end QB one and Andrews is yep. a smash top two guy. But beyond that, it's, it's kind of a mess. I, I would agree. And, uh, Kenyon Drake, I, I thought would have a better game last, last week. He was a, you know, one yard short of having a much better game with a touchdown. So if Gus Edwards is out again, uh, which right now I'm not ranking Gus Edwards until, I see him like practicing in full and trending toward being back, but I've got Drake as my RB thirty, so that tells you everything right there. Because I I feel like I should be ranking Kenyon Drake as an RB two if Gus Edwards doesn't play, but I'm not that confident in him. I just I like a lot of other running backs more than him this week. So um, and if Gus Edwards plays, then like I can't imagine starting either of them because I just don't know. Uh, and not Justice Hill. Justice Hill is a much deeper play, even though he looks good at times uh, when he gets some work, but it's just not enough touches uh, for me. Yeah, I mean, he played 41% of the snaps to 51% for Drake last week, though. And, you know, I think when you look at this big picture, like, this is a team that just doesn't like to lean on one guy very much. And it's been, Mm -hmm. like, it's always a two-man committee, and it's sometimes a three-man committee, (laughs) you know? Like, so even if if Gus comes back, I'm not sure Justice Hill gets phased out completely. So that makes it a real big mess. Um, Like, Drake played 68% of the snaps in Week 9, and that was far and away the most that any one running back has played in a game for the Ravens this season. Like usually their lead back is, is somewhere in the fifties in terms of their percentage of snaps. It's just, uh, it's really kind of a disappointing situation um, that hasn't provided uh reliable fantasy value. You know, Drake has had a couple huge games, but nobody really saw them coming. Yeah. And, and you can't really, like you mentioned the receivers, you can't count on them. So I don't even, I mean, we talked about like Demarcus Robinson in the waiver wire show. Um, you'd have to be pretty desperate to think he's going to do something like that again. I think um, maybe you just don't have better options, but I can't imagine starting him or Duvernay, just Andrews, like you said. And then, you know, Jacksonville's coming back off a of bye. It's interesting, like coming off a of bye, they're, 
Uh, Four-point uh, home dog. I actually thought this one would get to like six or seven. Uh, this almost like this just feels like the Ravens should go in and win by a touchdown. Four points seems small, but uh, you mentioned the injury report. Like Ronnie Stanley, uh, if he doesn't play, I know he left the game early last week. Like that's a big loss for them if he doesn't play. So some of these like non-fantasy players, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm forgetting someone for the Ravens, like a safety who went out too. But some of these things are are probably contributing to what is, what I think is kind of a small spread. I feel like the Ravens should win this game. Um, what do you think about the Jacksonville players? I mean, Christian Kirk. Uh, Travis Etienne, you're playing them. Uh, anybody else? Well, I love Kirk. I mean, and again, like we've talked about it with the Ravens, they're they're past like their their points allowed to receivers and quarterbacks is kind of skewed by the two a six touchdown game like at the beginning of the year. But um, Kirk has been a top five fantasy receiver his last two games before the bye, so he's really cooking right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't bet against him in this matchup. I've got him as my uh, wide receiver fourteen. ETN, you know, it's tougher. I mean, this is not a great matchup for him, uh, but you can never rank him too low. Uh, so I've got him as my RB15, which is about as low as I can see ranking him this season, um, just based on the volume that he's getting. Um, you know, they're the team that actually uh, picked up Daryl Henderson when he got cut. Uh, so that's just something to keep an eye on, whether Henderson uh, eats into uh, – Jamichael Hasty's role as the backup, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to really affect ETN's role at all. So um, he's a volume play, but not like the upside's limited because they're. I just don't see Jacksonville scoring a ton of points in this. Game. I don't honestly see either team scoring a ton of points in this game. I think this <laughs> game is going to be a pretty low-scoring affair. Yeah, I mean that's what last week was against Carolina. I thought I thought the Ravens would run away with that one a little bit more, and they didn't. I think it ended up being thirteen to three. Um, but uh, yeah, with uh, Kirk and Etienne, I have the, each of them a couple spots higher uh, than you have them, but right there with you. And then, you know, Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram you can consider. Uh, when we did our waiver wire show, I think I talked about him as one of my top ads just because tight end is kind of gross. But after putting together my rankings and looking at the matchups and stuff, I actually have him below both Saints, <laughs> Jawan Johnson and Taysom Hill. <laughs> so I ended up not ranking him that highly after all this week. So it's kind of tough. Yeah, and you know Zay Jones too. Like I, I feel like you can, uh, you can look at him as like a flex in like a deep league, um, but in like a standard ten or twelve sure. team league, he's not really in the picture. And same thing with Marvin Jones. Like Marvin Jones has popped up for some big games this year, but uh, you you can never really count on it. Um, yep, next agreed. game is oh, next game is uh, Houston at Miami over under 47 points and the dolphins are favored by 13 and a half, which is one of the bigger spreads we've seen this season. Uh, of course we talked at the top about Houston making the quarterback change from Davis mills to Kyle Allen. Uh, I don't really see that as something that's going to save their season <laughs> and it's not <laughs> no. going to save. It's probably not going to save Brandon cooks or and Nico Collins uh, either. No, can't imagine. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I actually haven't even updated my rankings since the news, but I had I had Davis Mills like you know all the way down at like my QB thirty, so I'm not going to have Allen really any higher or lower than that. So not even really considering him, even in a super flex, it's going to be tough um, where you might not even want to start him. But that man, that thirteen and a half, it's a big spread. Like you said, uh, double digit spreads haven't really fared so well this year. You know, we've seen teams like the Bills and Eagles not cover these big home spreads. So this could be another one where. Miami, you know, just doesn't cover it. Maybe Kyle, uh, Kyle Allen, almost called him Keenan Allen. Maybe he does kind of manage the game a little bit better. Uh, you know, Davis Mills had been turning the ball over a ton. So maybe Allen, the veteran, kind of keeps things in check. 
We get a lot of Damian Pierce. You know, last week was Damian Pierce's worst game in a long time and kind of got game scripted out. But I think we're going to see 20 to 25 touches again from Damian Pierce in this game. I really think so. I don't care if they're down two touchdowns. He's going to get the ball a lot. So where do you have him ranked? Uh, Pierce, he's he's uh, he's still up there near RB1 territory. I'm pulling it up now. Um, he is... Yeah, he's my RB eleven. I'm not. I'm not moving him down very much after last week. I'm just not. I'm not moving him down after last week. I'm moving him down more based af- after the last month plus. I mean, you know, since they're buying week six, uh, he has only finished above RB twenty once. Uh, so he still put like last week was was an outlier. Certainly, like that last week was the first week where. He wasn't an RB2 uh, since week one. So he's got a very high floor. Um, but, like, the uh, the ceiling is uh, is kind of lacking. You know, like, I feel like yeah. uh, that's just a testament to the, the ineptitude of this offense. You know, it's, like, hard for him to really have those ceiling games um, in Houston. And that's why I have him at RB16. Like, I kind of – he's just kind of trending down for me being more of a – more of a high end RB two than a than a low end RB one, but that's fine. Still yeah, I mean he you've got him. Yeah, I mean he's been an RB twelve quite a bit. He's been an RB twenty quite a bit. You're right. Like he doesn't. He has a really high floor. Um, I could see him finishing either, and you kind of split the middle right there. Uh, so I'm just saying he's going to be that RB twelve, and you're kind of in between twelve and twenty. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I mean you're you're starting him. You know, it's it's one of those things. Like at this point. Don't I wouldn't worry if you have him. Don't worry about last week. Like get him in your lineup. You know if, if you're just worried about like last week, it was an outlier. You know. Yeah, and the trade deadline's passed in most leagues, so you know whether he's a low end RB one or a high end RB two probably doesn't matter very much for you. You're just playing him <laughs> exactly. Um, and then on the Miami side, that's obviously the more interesting side for fantasy purposes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like it's like all systems go again for this team coming out of their buy uh, to uh, like he's he's working his way like into my top five every week at this point and i have him as mm-hmm. my qb5 this week even though houston is obviously a team that you can just run all over all day <laughs> and all night you know um, yeah. but i i'm i'm pretty much gung-ho about playing any dolphin in this game so i have i have jeff wilson at rb14 this week nice uh, <laughs> i have mostert at rb31 Assuming he's healthy, I know he's. I, I think he missed practice today, but could just be maintenance day. We'll see tomorrow. Uh, and then, of course, Tyree Kill uh, and uh, Jalen Waddle are like every week wide receiver ones. Yep, I agree with you. Except for I have Mostert even higher. Um, definitely keep an eye on the injury, but I have Mostert as my RB twenty three. So I have and I have Wilson Woo! sixteen. So I have both of them as like RB twos. You know, because it, yeah, man. you you can run on this Houston team, and I have two a. Uh, as my QB eight because of exactly that reason. I don't think he's going to have to do quite as much as he might do other games, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, maybe Miami puts up like, you know, 38, 40 points in this one and everybody eats. That's what it feels like. But I think we could yep. just see like a, I could see Mostert and Wilson having big games. Um, if I really wanted to trust my gut, I would have them both ranked right around like RB 12 to 15. Cause I think that could really happen. Yeah, I mean, Wilson's the one I could see moving up even into the top 12 because he's the clear lead back right now. Yeah. Um, but you're right. There should be more than enough to go around, and uh, Mostert is uh, a pretty good bet to find the end zone himself. Yep. Uh, all right, next game is the Bears and the Jets. 
Over under is 38 and a half. <laughs> and the Jets are favored by six, uh, even though they have QB turmoil. Both of these teams have QB turmoil at this point. Um, I feel like, how can you possibly put a spread on this game without knowing if Justin Fields is going to play? Like, there's few situations I feel like are more dependent on their quarterback than the Bears. Like, if they go from Justin Fields to Trevor Simeon, like, it's just like a it's a night and day, you know, like Trevor Simeon can't do any of the things that Justin Fields can do. Um, and he's not, you know, it, it's like, if you have a tr- traditional drop back passer as your, as your quarterback, then if they get hurt and you go to a backup, like a Colt McCoy type, like they can at least, you know, hold the fort and like do yeah. some of the same things. But like, if you have a running quarterback and then go to like a, a traditional drop back quarterback, like it's a, like, how do you do that, you know? Um, and that's why I feel like it's smart that a team like the Ravens have, like, uh, Huntley as their backup to Lamar Jackson because, like, he can do some of the same things that Jackson can do. Like, Trevor Simeon obviously can't. Yeah, absolutely. And this this line, it's been moving a bit toward the Jets. It's been moving under. I feel like that's telling me that Fields might be trending toward not playing. I mean, I don't, I'm not going out on a limb there. I mean, he has the injury and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think... Right now, I have Fields still ranked, and I have all my guys kind of ranked like like they're going to play with Fields. But man, this this gets tough. If we find out like Thursday, Friday that it's going to be Trevor Simeon, this line's going to move to like seven and a half. Um, I think the un- over under will stay pretty low. I mean, I feel like the over under should be a little bit higher if Fields was like fully healthy, right? I feel like this would be because Chicago can't really stop anyone, and I feel like Fields, even though the Jets are a good defense, I feel like they'd still put up 20, 24 points. So. This is telling me that Simeon's playing, and I'm probably going to have to lower Montgomery even more, maybe even outside of RB2 territory, because I just think it's going to be tough to do anything against this Jets team with Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I mean, I have Montgomery at RB17 right now, so uh, I had him at RB6 last week. (laughs) So yeah, uh, it's a big difference in matchup, and it's a big difference if Justin Fields doesn't play, like you said. I mean, honestly, the Bears would be foolish to play Justin Fields. I mean, he has a a pretty significant shoulder injury. Like, why would you possibly risk him? At the very least, I feel like they should sit him through their bye in week 14 and bring him back any sooner than that. It just doesn't make sense for a team that's going nowhere this season. Um, So that that would be my expectation as well, that, that he does not play. And in that case, like, I feel like the Jets defense is probably the number one defense uh this week right there with kansas city anyway um Mm. and uh i guess you could also put miami in there it's a it's a good week for defenses um it is especially (laughs) with all these qbs uh these dubious questionable qbs (laughs) um but yeah i mean i really don't want to start any bears this week like if you if you have to make a thursday decision that um is premised on whether justin fields is going to play or not like if you're debating between like I don't know, like um, Tony Pollard and David Montgomery or something. <laughs> Not that you would be, but you would play Tony Pollard, you know, or like, um, I, I don't know what a, another good example yeah. would be. But well, uh, we just we but were like, talking about Devin Singletary and Jamal Williams are in that RB2 territory right there with Montgomery. So I think, oh, you, there you go. Play those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would play them. And like a Darnell Mooney, like, yeah, don't wait around. I mean, I love, you know, I love Darnell Mooney, but. Yeah, don't wait around on him. Like, go ahead and, and play, you know, some of these other guys we've already talked about who are sort of in that wide receiver three territory and don't wait on Mooney unless you have, you know, some other options too. Yeah, I mean, the other thing about Mooney is, like, it's not like he was doing that well with Fields anyway. I mean, like, 
I just, I mean, I guess he had had a couple touchdowns recently that it helped, but I mean, his, yeah. his high for yardage since Fields took over is like, I, I guess he had 70 yards in week eight. I can't remember when Fields took over, but like, um, it's basically he's had one game over 70 yards the entire season. So like, and <laughs> yeah. it, it's just not like, he's not an upside play. I know you lo- say you love him, but uh, like <laughs> I, I would rather play like Drake London than Darnell Mooney at this mm. point. Um, yeah. And it's kind I'm of a similar the, situation. The, I'm, I'm with you on the jets defense right now. I have them ranked as my, uh, like not even in my top 12, but if it's Trevor Simeon, I agree with you. I'm going to move him up to inside my top five. So, you know, maybe maybe just grab someone like the Jets defense. I mean, there's lots of good options this week, but you know, grab them and and also grab a backup quarterback if you haven't already and you have Fields and you're counting on them. If you don't have another quarterback, you should have a plan B. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I, you know, with the Jets, I, I mean, I feel like this could be like the Bears defense is bad, um, and you know, like we said, Fields has been having these shootouts all all year, but with him out, it is going to be a situation where uh, it could be a lot, a big score, a big advantage for the Jets in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think that Mike White is great news for Michael Carter, uh, in particular. I think he's also great news, uh, for Tyler Conklin. Um, it's just gonna be a lot of short passes with Mike White, a lot of dump offs. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's really nice. And this is an exploitable matchup. I also think Garrett Wilson, uh, benefits just, by having someone other than Zach Wilson throwing him the football. So he, he's <laughs> yeah. definitely trending up. And I know you've been, you've been talking up Elijah Moore on Twitter. I was, I was on that train a week or two ago and I'm, I'm back cautiously into it, but um, I don't know, man, like Corey Davis should be back this week. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to see uh, how the, uh, how the, the targets uh, go with Mike White. Yeah. I'm still a wait and see mode. Elijah Moore is, is a good stash for me and see what happens. If he goes off this week on your bench, like so be it. You'll play him next week, maybe. But yeah, I, I still think he's a good nice nice wait and see. And Mike White, yeah, I tried to pick him up in Scott Fishbowl. Uh, I have him as my uh, QB twenty five, and I might even bump him up a spot or two. Uh, this Bears defense is just yeah, they're Swiss cheese, man. Like they haven't stopped anyone. So, and I think he'll just come out here. Just think about the situation he's in. You know, like he could be the starter the rest of the season for a team with a winning record. Like this is a really good opportunity for him to come. I mean, we saw him be decent at times last year so we can see it um i think it's a good spot for mike white um so super flex i would i would be starting him over some of these guys like uh kyle allen and sam darnold and some of these guys and russell wilson <laughs> yes even yeah and russell wilson that's exactly. my decision I man. i'm gonna be i'm gonna be taking that one down to a kickoff <laughs> going back and forth yeah. on that i think um <laughs> but yeah i you know i agree i think i mean we also saw I know it was Flacco uh, at the beginning of the year, and not not Mike White, but this offense put up some nice nice numbers before Zach Wilson came in uh, early in the year. So there's a lot of talent uh, yep. in this in the skill positions on the Jets, and uh, Mike White doesn't need to be a world beater to unlock a lot of that. Uh, yeah. Next game. Oh, go ahead. Well, real quick, Michael Carter. I just wanted to say, like, I also have James Robinson kind of right behind Michael Carter. Both of them I have as RB3s, but I, as we're talking about this game and if it's no fields, and I just I think there could be more of like a, again, kind of like Kyle Allen. Maybe Mike White can come in and like not turn the ball over, like show his worth, and maybe that means 
some dump offs. It means some short passes. It might mean the running backs get a lot, you know, involved as well. So the, the Jets just might dominate time of possession, basically, is what I'm getting at. So I'm going to bump them up slightly as well. Yeah, Ty Johnson actually played more snaps than James Robinson last week, uh, which was a little weird. But oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, you know, I still expect Robinson to be the RB two. I just think Carter is a fair amount ahead of him right now. Uh, yep. So uh, I wouldn't rank them too close together personally. Okay. Um, next game, Cincinnati at Tennessee over under 42 and a half and the Bengals favored by two and a half on the road. Uh, you know, Jamar chase, it sounds like could be back for this game. Yeah. So, uh, the Bengals were not having a lot of trouble, honestly, without him, but with him back, it's just going to be even more, uh, explosive offense, offensive possibilities here. I mean, Joe Burr was the number one QB last week uh, without Chase. <laughs> so he's <laughs> yeah. doing just fine, but it never hurts to have uh, one of the most talented uh, receivers in the league suit up for you. Um, so just, you know, the other thing, of course, is Joe Mixon is in the con- concussion protocol. And uh, I'm guessing he's not going to get cleared, but you never know. Um, but just in this day and age, the way that they treat head injuries, they're more cautious with it. So. I feel like guys are missing a game more often now with concussions than they were before. Uh, so that puts some AJP Ryan on that RB2 radar. I, Given mm-hmm. the nature of the matchup, I ended up ranking him just outside my top 24. But um, a lot of people that picked him up on the waiver wire this week as a plug-and-play, like he'll probably be better than um, than your other options. Yeah, I mean, if you picked him up, you probably had a need uh, more than likely. So you're probably plugging him in, like you said. He's my RB25, so right there with you. He's just outside of RB2, but... Yeah, if you picked him up, you're probably playing him. I think this over-under of 42.5 feels really low um, because you can pass on this Tennessee team. And like you said, Joe Burrow looked great last week against Pittsburgh. And Kenny Pickett and, and, and company, like Pittsburgh, that was supposed to be a low-scoring game, and that went way over. So this is just – this feels so low to me. I just don't mm-hmm. think – I don't see either – like I, I, I could see – you know, the Titans stopping the run game, especially if Mixon's out. But, like, I can I see a lot of passing in this game on both sides. Of course, Tennessee's going to run it with, with Derrick Henry, but and maybe that milks the clock. Maybe that's what is going to happen. I don't know, but I, I see a lot of I see a lot of big plays, especially if Chase is back, opening the offense up. This I think this is going to fly over 42.5, so I'm going to bet it that way. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I would lean uh, to agreeing with you on that. And... Uh... You know, Tennessee's been playing good football lately. I mean, they've been playing good football yeah. all year, but their offense, their passing game has kind of come alive recently. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's had two really good games in a row, mm-hmm. and Traylon Burks is back in the fold now. Uh, Robert Woods has actually started to make some plays. Uh, we had the big Nick, Nick Westbrook-Akina game a couple weeks ago. Uh, Austin Hooper has even been uh, chipping in a little bit. So uh, I feel like... Te- you know, I had pretty much written off Tennessee in terms of the passing game. It was like, you know, we, I feel like we went for like a month and a half where we were like Derrick Henry and nothing else, you know? Yeah. And now <laughs> I feel like, uh, it's still probably that way for the most part, but, um, like in a super flex league, like I feel great about starting Tannehill this week. I have him yeah. in my QB 21. So he's solidly in QB two territory for me. And then, um, you know, we talked about Burks, uh, earlier. I mean, I have him at wide receiver 40. He's just like a real boomer bust option because he's still playing fewer snaps uh, than Woods and Westbrook Akine. Um, but like that could change at any moment. And the upside is extremely high with him. So he's he's a he's the quintessential like boomer bust wide receiver three flex option. 
Yeah, you know, he was my wide receiver 40, but I moved Adam Thielen below him. He's my wide receiver 39 now, but I'm right there with you. <laughs> I already have Thielen behind him, and he's still 40 <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty close on that one. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like Woods in a in a super deep league. I mean, he's more of like a wide receiver 5, I would say, but yeah, he's at 10, least something to 12, think about. Yeah, he's 10, 12 spots lower for me. And you mentioned Hooper, like, you know, not really considering. Like, there's much better... You know, but your like your point about Hooper was like Tannehill's looking better. So yeah, I agree with you on Tannehill being a, a, a solid super flex option, like over guys like Mike White and Russell Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> as far like. as the Tennessee passing game goes, this cons- this consists of progress. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. it's still pretty much Derrick Henry or, n- or nothing. <laughs> yeah, um, and then uh, you know, I guess uh, we pretty much covered everything else in this game. So like I, you know, I. I wouldn't really be in a rush to start either defense, I'd say. I agree with you. I think it could go over. Um, yeah. Next yep. next game, Atlanta at Washington. Over-under is 41, and uh, the commanders at home are favored by 4.5. Uh, what are you looking for in this one? I'm looking for a nice game from Taylor Heineke. Uh, we've been talking about QB streamers a little bit, and uh, I don't know. It feels like burying the lead for me a little bit because I've got Heineke as uh you know i just moved him up above jared goff actually as we've been talking here and i might in fact i'm going to move him above aaron Rodgers too i'm going to move heineke up to my qb 13 for the week so this atlanta defense you can pass on you know we got i love mclaurin in this game curtis samuel gets a lot of manufactured touches you know whether it's running or passing or what but i could see him getting one of these little pop passes you know that ends up being a, a receiving touchdown I, I just logan thomas looked great last week i feel like he's finally healthy uh, maybe he'll find the end zone. I think Taylor Heineke is going to have a big game. So I think if you're if you've got a Justin Fields um, or one of these, maybe you had a Stafford or someone that maybe is out or just terrible now. <laughs> I'd look at I'd look at Heineke as one of my best streamers this week. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I have him at QB 15, and I could see bumping him up a couple more spots uh, potentially. Like he's right there for me with Trevor Lawrence and Marcus Mariota. So hmm. um, I could see I could see bumping him ahead of them. I already have him ahead of the other two. Rodgers and Goff, I already got him ahead of those guys. Um, okay. And I have Terry McLaurin at my, as wide receiver eight right now. Nice. Uh, the, you know, the numbers haven't been huge since Heineke took over, but they've been good, and uh, they could be bigger because, I mean, he has gone over 100 yards in two of the last four games. Uh, he just hasn't scored in those four games, but – uh, that will happen eventually, and the target share is massive. Like I talked about that on Monday's show, like 32% target share since Heineke took over. Like that's a big, that's a big target yeah. share. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a- yeah, that's that's a wide receiver one target share right there. And yeah. like you said, it's a dream matchup. Yeah, it's a great matchup. And then like for the Atlanta side, I'm with you. Mariota is a fine streamer too. I have him a few spots behind Heineke, but yeah, he's he looks good. And we've we've talked about these running backs, right? Like. Cordell Patterson for me is in this territory we've been talking about, but a little bit lower. Like he's my RB 33, Tyler Algier, RB 37. So they're not quite in that RB two territory. They're outside of it a little bit. So I mentioned all these guys I like this week. They're not in that group of like guys. I really like they're sort of that next group of flex territory uh, for me. What about you? Yeah, I've got Patterson at 29 and Algier at 35. So yeah, same idea. I mean, it's a uh, it's a committee, you know, and honestly, like I just I don't think Patterson is built to be a workhorse, so uh, he's going to need big plays or touchdowns. I mean, last week he would have been a total bust if he hadn't returned a <laughs> kick for a touchdown, and I know in some leagues yeah. that probably didn't even count. So Ooh, uh, yeah. he was a bust in those leagues. Um, 
So yeah, I uh, I think the gap between those two is pretty small, honestly. Uh, it's not, it's you know, I feel like the the top guy in the committee tends to get overrated a little, and the second guy tends to be underrated a little. So uh, for me, they're they're ranked pretty pretty darn close together. Uh, and then Drake London is the other thing. I mean, like I mentioned, I would I would start him uh, over Darnell Mooney at this point, and that's not saying a ton, but I've got. <laughs> um, London at wide receiver 39. So uh, he's like sneaking into wide receiver three territory again for me, just by virtue of Kyle Pitts being out for the, out for the season. Like, I just don't see who else they can throw to at this point. Like, you know, it felt like with their lack of volume, it was like either Pitts or London would have a good game (laughs) and we didn't know which one it would be. Well, now we'd know which one it will be. If anyone's going to have a good game in this offense, it should be Drake London. That's a good call. I mean, I've moved London up, right inside my wide receiver three so he's he's wide receiver 36 for me this week i think this is a good matchup with washington and yeah maybe we'll finally see some volume (laughs) like you said like who else are they going to throw to i mean i know they have guys like demir bird and some i mean uh kadero hodge i don't like it you start start going deeper and like i could make up names like we were doing the other night so (laughs) (laughs) yes you prove it prove Uh, it otherwise but yeah i I agree drake london is starting to become a, a solid more of a solid play than he was you know a month ago Yep, and then I also do really love Antonio Gibson in this game. Yeah, uh, I, you know Atlanta is a good matchup for the passing game and the running game, and Gibson can contribute in both facets of the game as well. He's actually been a top. Uh, I'm pulling up the numbers right here. He's been a top 16 running back in four of the last five games, so he's really on the rise as an RB two, and I don't see how he wouldn't be uh, like that in this matchup. So I have him at RB 18. I, mm. I, it's hard to like put him higher than that. I guess maybe I'll bump him ahead of David Montgomery and up to 17, but I don't know if I can go any higher than that, but uh, I really do love him this week. I, I feel like he, um, he seems to be their primary back at this point. Like Brian Robinson has sort of been phased out a little bit. Uh, he, you know, he'll still get some carries, but um, it seems like they're giving more rushing work now to Gibson and we know he's got the skill set that he can do that. So uh, last week it was like a two to one snap ratio between Gibson and Robinson. And um, that may not happen to that extent every week, but I do feel like at this point uh, it's pretty clear that Gibson is the, the better fantasy option. Cause even if the splits are, even if the snaps are split pretty evenly, like Gibson is the one who's going to get that high value uh, passing game work. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I picked up Antonio Gibson for like a dollar in my guillotine league, which now our budgets are all getting way down, uh, and you're starting to, everybody. we're down to seven teams, right? And everybody's team is stacked, and now I'm like, I have all these good guys on my bench, like Chris Olave, and now Antonio Gibson, and I'm trying to figure out, should I start Antonio Gibson over like, even an Alvin Kamara in a tough matchup? And it's funny like, you bring that up. I have him ranked ahead of Alvin Kamara. I was well, going to say, like, if I want to get more hot takey with it, that's that, my that's my hot take right there, I guess. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, I don't have him ranked as such. And then I have, I'm, I'm moving, as we're talking through, like, I'm moving guys like Fournette and certain guys down, and I'm moving Gibson above him as we're talking about these games. Um, but yeah, I'm in, in a guillotine league, I'm looking at the matchup. I'm looking at, man, Kamara, like, San Francisco's a tough matchup. We'll get to it. But man, in a guillotine league, I'd hate to get like two points from Camara, whereas Gibson is like solid floor play this week and maybe even a good ceiling. Yep, and their offense is at least as good as New Orleans is, if not better, with yeah. Heineke under center. Yep. All right, next game, Chargers at the Cardinals, over-under is 48. 
Chargers on the road favored by three. And it does sound like Kyler Murray is going to be back for this game. So I don't know if the spread reflects that yet or not, but, Hmm. um, you know, it's not like the Chargers have been this powerhouse this year. So I'm a little surprised that the the Cardinals would be three point dogs on the, uh, at home, I should say, uh, in this game. Um, you know, I feel like these are two teams that like are similar in certain ways. Like they have offensive upside and they have kind of disappointed and not quite reached uh, that performance this season uh, more often than not. And they both have defenses that can look good at times, but can also get really exposed at times. So um, I feel like, you know, the fact that over under is high makes sense. I mean, it's going to be Kyler Murray against Justin Herbert and uh, there should be some points scored in this game. So, you know, you're obviously starting the quarterbacks and you're starting uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, I feel decent about Keenan Allen at this point after last week and the fact that he didn't have a setback yeah. and now it looks like Mike Mike Williams might miss this game. Uh, that sort of would lock in Keenan Allen as a wide receiver too, I think. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, you can, you can consider guys like Josh Palmer. Um, Gerald Everett, I guess, will be out still. I, you know, I don't know. I'm not – Actually, I hear he – I hear he practiced today. Okay. Well, that's good. That's something to keep an eye on. So that that could, you know, make me maybe want or not want to play a Josh Palmer uh, potentially if, if Everett's in or out. That might impact me a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're playing Eckler. You're playing Herbert. I wouldn't say, like, you're locked in playing Kyler Murray, to be honest. Like, he's my QB 11, and, you know, I, like I have Geno Smith ranked ahead of him <laughs> in a, in a mm. great matchup against Vegas. I know we haven't gotten to that game either, and I would – I don't know, man. I would probably consider Tom Brady against Cleveland, especially if, like, Fournette's out maybe they don't run the ball as much so I think Kyler is I mean at this point you've gone a couple weeks without him right so you might have an option like a Geno Smith who just you know people might have picked him up off the waiver wire if people dropped him they were they're coming off their buy as well so there's some there's some other options other than Kyler um you're probably starting him but I think it's it's debatable for me interesting yeah yeah I feel like he's to me he's just too good to not start I mean he's the <laughs> he's the QB8 on the season and fantasy points per game yeah. and uh, if you look at it on like a game by game basis, I mean, he is he 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 rarely has a bad game. Like, I, in fact, I don't think he's he's had one game this season where he finished lower than QB fourteen. So, like, he's a QB one every single week, regardless of matchup, and it's because of the rushing ability. But I also do think that DeAndre Hopkins being back is is a big deal for Kyler Murray because he just has a good like. I know we saw them yelling at each other on the sideline last week, but or two weeks ago, I guess it was. But uh, on the field, they have good chemistry. And, you know, uh, Kyler threw five touchdowns in the two games before he missed uh, uh, the last couple games. So, like, he was kind of in a groove. Um, two of his best games of the season right before uh, injuring that hamstring. So, uh, if he's good to go, I- I'd have a real hard time sitting him. Yeah, well, but uh, he, he also had Zach Ertz then, you know, and Rondell Moore is dinged up. So, like, I know Greg Dorch loves saying the name. Um, so, it's like it's Hopkins and, and then guys like Dorch and the aging A.J. Green, you know. Trey McBride's a rookie. So, anyway, we can move on. I think I think you run on you run on the Chargers, right? So, James Conner, I love. You know, love James Conner. And I feel like he's my RB17. I could move him up into my top 12, man. I, really I was going to say, you don't love him as much as me. I got him at RB9. Oh, man. Okay. Gosh. I have him ahead of Dalvin Cook right now. Well, that's, you know, I, I got to bump him up a little bit, but I don't think I'll get him that high. But yeah, you, you got to like James Conner this week. 
Oh yeah. It's just, I mean, the chargers are a dream matchup and he's, he's getting so much volume. Like it's, yeah. it's, I mean, you never can guarantee a touchdown, but like, it's, it's hard. If you want to bet at any time touchdown, man, oh, yeah. I know you love to do that. Like, yeah. Whatever the odds are, bet on James Conner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, I'm hoping it'll be like minus 125 to 150. I'm hoping it's not like up there at like minus 200 or something. But one way or another, I'm going to bet this. I'm going to bet James Conner anytime touchdown for sure. I'll tweet that one out tomorrow, uh, Friday or Saturday. There you go. And you'll share the money with me, right? If oh, you yeah. Win. Get you started. You, hey, you've got, you've got the accounts in Maryland now, man. <laughs> I'll just put it in your FanDuel account. <laughs> That's true. It started today, in fact. <laughs> yeah, you can bet on anytime touchdown. There you go. There we go. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on this game, or you want to move along? No, nah, let's move on. All right. Las Vegas at Seattle, over under 47.5. Uh, Seahawks are favored by 3.5. I feel like anytime a team is traveling to Seattle, it's a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel great about the uh, about the uh, Raiders passing game, but then again, like Devontae Adams is – matchup proof so like he i got him as my wide receiver too i don't care that it's at seattle uh and then i do also like this matchup a lot for josh jacobs um he's one guy i do have ahead of connor at rb8 Uh, i I think this is uh, a game where he can he can have another big game and he's just been a a monster all season so uh, i think this team is uh very much just about those two players at this point like i don't I don't really want to play Derek Carr if I can help it. I don't want to play Foster Moreau if I can help it. I don't want to play Mac Hollins if I can help it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just want to play these two guys and be done with it. I am totally with you. And uh, I have Ken Walker right there with Josh Jacobs as my RB8 and 9. So they're they're right there. I mean, and then you know, I just talked about Geno Smith. He's my QB10. Like, the Raiders are a great matchup. You can throw against them. So you, you got to like Geno Smith, right? You got to like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Oh yeah, I lo- I mean I love all of the Seattle players in this game. I I actually have Kenneth Walker as my RB four this Ooh, week. Nice. Yeah, I think he's just gonna destroy that Raiders defense. And um, yeah, I mean Lockett and Metcalf are like every week wide receiver twos anyway, um, and they definitely are uh, high end wide receiver twos when they're facing Vegas. I would say, but uh, yeah, and and Gino, you know he he's solid. He's a he's a back end. QB one. I've got him a QB ten this week. Yeah, man. Now we're starting. You know, Ken Walker touchdown. Now we're now we're starting to put together an anytime touchdown parlay here for the four o'clock games. <laughs> there you go, man. This game, yeah, this game should have some big fantasy performances in it. I would think. Yeah, and only only among five or six people, like we talked about. That's the thing I love about this game. I think it should be just those guys and not like the the Matt Collins of the world, like you said. Like I'm not playing those guys. It's going to be focused on these five or so guys we're talking about. I think. Yep, absolutely. I mean, see, that's one great thing about Seattle is they've been pretty much like that all year. Yep. Uh, all right, next game, Rams at the Chiefs, over under 43. And, you know, when you want to talk about big spreads, uh, mm. the Chiefs are favored by 15.5 points in this game. Uh, this was a matchup that many people thought would be the Super Bowl last year. Uh, it ended up not being the Super Bowl, but uh, – the team that didn't make it to the Super Bowl is clearly doing much better <laughs> in the, the the following season than the team that won the whole thing. Uh, the Rams are a total disaster at this point. Uh, it looks like Matthew – actually, I believe Matthew Stafford's already been officially ruled out for this game with I a think so. concussion, second concussion of the uh, season. And uh, it's going to be, I guess, 
uh, Bryce Perkins is the quarterback. Uh, I believe so. <laughs> yeah. So they're not going with John Wolford. They're going to go with Bryce Perkins. And, uh, you know, he adds a little bit of a, a, a running dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran for 39 yards last week on five carries um, while not even playing that many snaps. So uh, I have him as, you know, uh, like QB 31. So <laughs> don't, don't start Bryce Perkins. Don't start any Rams if you can possibly avoid it. Um, you know, Kyron Williams is maybe an, uh, you know, low end RB three flex type, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, that's about it. I mean, it's yeah, I have, I have Perkins as my water or quarterback 31 exactly as well. And I'm, I'm looking for, where did I rank Kyron Williams? RB 42. Uh, and then Cam Akers 45, you know, if I go over to the wide receivers, I'd have to scroll down pretty far to find the likes of Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson. You're yeah, just going to want to find. Start, yeah, <laughs> you just want to look at other options. I just don't yeah. trust them. I know they're going to be pass. They're going to be trying to pass in this game to catch up. You would expect, but I just, yeah, I'm not wanting really any of those options on the Ram side. Definitely. How about Higby? Up, uh, Higby. Well, he's 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 dealing with an injury right now in practice too. So yeah. keep an eye on the injury report. I I wouldn't be surprised if they just sit him. <laughs> you know. They don't if really have any reason to play him, yeah. If he's but got some knee Then again, swelling. they probably don't care that much about <laughs> about him long-term either. So. But that's a good call. I mean, like, if he's healthy and he's playing through, you know, then, then yeah, Higby becomes, I guess, viable. But even then, you know, I might move him down to wide, or tight end 12, 13. So it's, it's debatable there, too. I have him at tight end 9. I just feel like as long as he's healthy enough to play, like – he's the only player on this team that I actually would want to start because he he should get like 10 targets. I mean, they're going to be down by 20 points. And yeah. uh, also like the kind of routes that he runs are more high percentage routes. So like a, a Bryce Perkins might be able to actually get the ball to him as opposed to an Allen Robinson um, or a Van Jefferson on the, on the outside going, you know, running fly patterns. Like that's, that's not going to work. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we don't have to tell people to start Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, but I do think it gets interesting when you start talking about the receiving options that are available. And then, you know, the, the running backs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire got put on IR today. And that Twitter question we were talking about was like Latavius Murray, uh, maybe Isaiah Pacheco, who I, I like a little bit more than Murray. He's my RB26 right now. Um, I know the Rams are a little bit tougher matchup, but I mean, this isn't, we've talked about the Rams before. This isn't like some great Rams defense. Like they still have a couple big names, but... I don't know. I think Pacheco coming off 107 yards rushing or whatever. Like I could see him having a solid game again, maybe find the end zone. So again, I like a lot of these running backs and all the way up through like my RB 30 or so this week. And he's, he's one of those guys I'm going to try to flex. Yeah. I I don't, I don't think we disagree at all on Pacheco. I have him at RB 26 also. The the disagreement is I guess on Murray because I've got him at 21 Yeah, uh, and you had him a bit further down, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, this sets up as a very good situation for Pacheco because uh, they should be ahead a lot. They should be able to run the ball plenty, and uh, he is their primary rusher. And uh, McKinnon is more of the passing game guy. And um, we could we could see a a uh, Ronald Jones sighting in this game, but I would expect him to just be sprinkled in here and there. Like he's not. He's not coming for Pacheco's role. We know that much. <laughs> I mean, this guy couldn't even get active all season. So, yeah. uh, so, and it wasn't like CEH was lighting the world on fire, uh, and he was still active every week ahead of Ronald Jones. So, uh, yeah, I I think uh, Pacheco should be good for fifteen 
to 20 uh, touches in this game. And, uh, I mean, they'll all be in the running game is the thing. He just doesn't – he's not in, involved as a, as a receiver, which is kind of a shame because if you do catch passes from Patrick Mahomes, uh, <laughs> that's a nice gig. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Ronald Jones. I'm not con- convinced he actually exists, so I'll believe it when I see it on Sunday. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be active, man. You'll see. Uh, whether he actually sees the field, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the receiver, as you mentioned, yeah. I mean, it sounds like Juju's going to be back. And if Juju's back, uh, like, to me, he's back in that wide receiver two conversation. Um, I mean, he was really good before he got concussed. Like, he was on a nice, a nice roll there where he had – uh, three games in a row uh, with uh, really good numbers. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, there's not a lot of competition here. I, I mean, Kadarius Tony is almost certainly not going to play. Yep. Uh, Nicole Hardman is on IR. Uh, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, just, he just kind of is what he is. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, he's not <laughs> – he's nothing special. Uh, he's, he's maybe good for one or two big plays each week, um, but – uh, but that he's not a volume guy, you know? So I think, uh, I think Juju steps right back in and, um, is a, uh, is a low end wide receiver too. Mm, it's a good call. I, I, I don't have Juju ranked yet, but if I, if it looks good and I'll get him back in, I'm looking at where I would rank him. And I do think I would kind of plug him in sort of around wide receiver 26, 27. Um, just look at, I mean, maybe a little higher. Um, but yeah, MVS is down at like wide receiver 50 for me. So I'm sitting here thinking, well, why, if if I don't have Juju, why why am I not ranking some of these guys higher? Sky Moore, you know, looked really good last week. He's the guy that I think could actually be good um, if Juju doesn't play. So I think if Juju doesn't play, I'll probably actually bump Sky Moore up a little bit as like a wide receiver four, um, but with mm-hmm. upside, you know. Yeah, I would just like to see more snaps. I mean, even yeah. last week he he only played. Uh, I'm pulling up now. Forty two percent of the snaps, whereas like Justin Watson was at eighty eight percent. And yeah. MVS was at seventy one percent. So and that was with Tony exiting pretty early in the game. So I just yeah, I like I like the upside with uh Sky Moore, but um I don't know. I, I I'd have a really tough time playing a guy that's playing less than fifty percent of the snaps. Yeah. Six targets though when Tony went out like in the second quarter is promising. You know, if if the, if depending on whether Juju's in or out, that's going to make a big difference here, but they could game plan a lot differently and maybe Sky Moore does increase uh, you know, snaps this week. But we'll see. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, it's always a a, a roll of the dice with uh with the Chiefs uh secondary pass catchers, but the upside is certainly there. I think you're right. Uh, Juju, play Juju, get him back in your lineups if he, if he's healthy. I think that's the key takeaway is like he's the safe play here. The other guys are risky. Yep, exactly. Yeah. All right, next game, New Orleans at San Francisco, over-under is 43, and the 49ers are favored by 9.5 points. Mm. Uh, it's kind of hard to argue it as far as I'm concerned because the, the Niners are look like a machine right now, and I, I'm not buying the Saints. Like I know that they had a nice game last mm. week, uh, but I'm, I'm not buying it. I uh, I think this is going to be... Uh, you know, I guess you're not buying it either as far as Alvin Kamara goes. Like, right. I just think this is going to be a really tough matchup for, for New Orleans. I, I I feel like you start Kamara as a low-end RB2 and you start Chris Olave as a low-end wide receiver too. Um, and, you know, the tight ends, like you said, I mean, maybe uh, you consider it just because of the state of the position. I actually do have Taysom Hill as my, as my tight end 10 just because – I think he could see 10, 10 touches again this week. <laughs> yeah. um, 
but yeah, it's uh, it's not pretty for the Saints as far as I'm concerned. No, it's not pretty. I'm definitely like looking away from Andy Dalton and Superflex uh, leagues, like like our dynasty league. I'm really hoping that Fields does play, <laughs> so I don't have to make that decision and maybe play an Andy Dalton versus like a flex play, like a Michael Carter or someone. Like I literally would, I might be I might be playing like a running back or wide receiver over Andy Dalton because it just he really worries me in a game like this. Um, as far as Camara, you know, I was kind of speaking of him in like that guillotine league. Like, flo- I worry about his floor in this game for sure, um, but he's still my RB fifteen. I have a hard time moving him down to like that low end RB two range, even though it is a tough matchup because it's it's Alvin Kamara, so it's it's hard. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been RB nineteen. Yeah, that's probably the lowest I've had him. But I mean, if you think about it, like that's kind of what he's been this year. I mean, the last in half PPR, the last. Uh, going backwards, he was RB19 last week, 36, 23. And then he had that three-touchdown game when he was number mm-hmm. one, and then 19 before that. So, like, over the last five games, he's only been better than RB19 once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be convincing me. I might I might lower him a little bit more um, because, yeah, it's already as low as I've had him lately. But, yeah, when you when you start looking back at that, and then the, the matchup is tough. So, yep, might be going a couple spots lower, and yeah, I'll, maybe I'll bump James Conner up above him. <laughs> yeah, do that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> do that for sure. Uh, and then uh, on the 49ers side, I mean, what a what a powerhouse offense this is right now. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is a low-end QB1 at this point with all these weapons that he has to work with. And, uh, you know, I do still think Debo tends to be a little overrated, but, um, like, it can work with him in this offense. But Ayuk is uh, really trending up at this point. And Kittle is healthy and, and playing really good football yep. right now. Uh, McCaffrey is a monster. Uh, whenever they need him, Elijah Mitchell is going to be good. Uh, so, um, you know, as far as, like, start-sit dec- decisions, like, obviously you're starting McCaffrey, and I think you're starting Garoppolo if you're streaming quarterbacks. Like, you're, you're going to have trouble finding a better one than him. Um, and I would start Ayuk as a wide receiver, too, before Debo. Yeah, I mean, I think I think both are probably both are wide receiver twos for me. I think the the key is like you're starting pretty much all these guys. Uh, I'm with you on that. I think it gets a little dicey for me. I know that Garoppolo had a nice game. You know, he had he had Kittle and Ayuk getting in the end zone for him multiple times uh, on Monday Night Football. Um, I don't know. I still like guys like Heineke, um, maybe even Mariota and Daniel Jones. Uh, I guess maybe at Dallas is a pretty tough matchup. So maybe I'll maybe I'll bump Garoppolo up one or two spots. But I do think that there are. Some other streaming options, a Geno Smith, for instance. We, you know, you said you had him as your QB ten. So now a lot of people might have kept Geno through the buy, but there, there, there are some options out there. So yeah, I don't know if he's like a, a rock solid like low end QB one for me. But we did talk about Jimmy G a lot in the last like three four weeks on waiver wire. So hopefully people picked him up. He is a good rest of season quarterback for sure. I just don't know if he's like right there for me this week. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do have Gino. I do have Gino a spot ahead of him. Um, but to me, Gino is like, like you said. I mean, I think people really consider him an every week starter. Like, yeah. you know, he's not really a streamer. Uh, like Garoppolo has been viewed as a streamer, but you look at it and he's been a top nine quarterback in four of his last six games now. Yeah, so, it's solid. Yeah, I mean, he, and in the other two, like, I mean, fourteen and nineteen. So it's like. Still, still solid numbers for for down weeks, you know. Um, I just don't like with Kyle Shanahan running the calling the plays and um, the the talent that he has to work with. 
like I I feel like he's super safe, you know. Like yes, he just doesn't he, is. he doesn't really have floor games. He may not he's not going to be like a top 5 guy ever, but he's going to be like in that QB 10 range like each and every week, I think. And this I mean, is certainly yeah. not a matchup that scares me. Yeah, you see like Kittle running down the sideline getting in the end zone for him. McCaffrey a couple weeks before with that awesome catch in the end zone. Like when you have these playmakers, yeah, that's I mean that's what that's great for Jimmy G. That's what he needs, right? Because he's not really that great in and of himself. But, I mean, how bad did we talk about Tua? And here we are talking about him as a top-five quarterback. So it's pretty similar, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams that would take someone like Jimmy G, honestly, though, that can just get the ball to the playmakers and let them do the hard work, you know? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess we we touched on it. You Obviously, you're playing McCaffrey and you're playing Kidd also. It's yep. Pretty easy decision there, and and the 49ers defense is is kind of an every week option, I think. Uh, as, oh, yeah. long, as long as they're not playing like a Buffalo or Kansas City or something like that. Yep, agreed. All right, Green Bay at Philadelphia. Uh, this is the Sunday night game. Over under is forty six and a half, and the Eagles are favored by six and a half. Uh, you know, Green Bay has been trending up, but this is a tough matchup for Aaron Rodgers and company. Yeah, and. Uh... Aaron Rodgers saw today he's been dealing with a, a broken thumb, I guess, on his non-throwing. It must be on his non-throwing, right? <laughs> it's got to be. No, that's his throwing hand. Oh, my goodness. And that's, yeah. gosh, that's crazy. And so he's just going to play through that the rest of the season. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's just like a leak because it's like <laughs> how 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 badly the Packers have been, um, things like that. He's had like that three interception game against Detroit, stuff like that. But as far as this game, what I really want to look for, I'd like to see Miles Sanders have a good game. Because you can run on Green Bay, and so I'd like to see Miles Sanders, you know, get 80, 90, 100 rushing yards. Because um, we've seen a lot of that. Uh, just didn't see it last week. Uh, I traded for him in a, in, a, in a league, so really would like to see that. Uh, you, we'll see Hertz. I think have a good game. Like I've got him as a top five play, and um, you know we talk about the Eagles kind of week after week. You know, you start your AJ Browns. Like Devonte Smith has had really good weeks lately, so I think you're you're starting him, especially now with Goddard out. And uh, there's no tight end option who has emerged. Uh, would be nice if in a couple of weeks we have someone there, but no no one in sight that I know of in their locker room right now who could be a tight end that you're going to want to start rest of the season. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, you know, with Sanders, I, I I hate to break it to you, but I'm I'm kind of fading him. Um, I mean, I, I agree you can run on Green Bay, but the fact that he just has no role at all in the passing game, it just really, really hurts his upside. Like, or not his upside, it hurts his like floor, honestly, because it's like he needs a touchdown to pay off. If he doesn't he's become very touchdown dependent. Like if you look at it over the last six weeks, like the three games where he scored a touchdown, he was a top fifteen running back. Mm-hmm. The three weeks he didn't, he was outside the top thirty five. You know, so it's kinda like um I mean, it's it's so it's so touchdown dependent and uh they you know, we know Jalen Hurts likes to, to call his own number at the goal line. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to count on those touchdowns. Um, I have him back to back with Jamal Williams because I feel like that's similar in that sense. But yeah, uh, you know, game. I would actually like Williams more if the matchup was better um, for him. So um, to me, Sanders, just because of the lack of passing game role, is trending down as like a, a low end RB2, even, even in a positive matchup. Yep, he's he's my RB twenty, so I'm I'm in agreement with you there. Like he's he is trending down toward a toward a low end RB two for sure, um, because of that lack of passing game. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron Jones, I have a, ahead of him. I think it's it's really hard to bench Aaron Jones. 
even against a tough Philly defense. Like he's he's Christian Watson has been a bright spot lately, um, but Aaron Jones is you know AJ Dillon has been so garbage this year, and uh, Aaron Jones just gets so many touches. So and lately he's been been getting a lot of these short passes that my, mm-hmm. the, the Miles Sanders types are not getting. So that that just gives you that nice safe floor with Aaron Jones. So he's just just outside of my RB ones, but he's he's right there. Yeah, and it's easier to run on Philly than it is to pass against them too. So yeah. I feel like he could he could bust off a few long runs uh, in this game. Um, yeah, and I agree. Like he, he's just a player that you're never really benching, uh, regardless of matchup. Uh, I I am less gung ho about starting the the Packer receivers though in this matchup. I mean, at Philly is just as tough as it gets. So uh, as excited as I am about Christian Watson, like he's my wide receiver thirty two this week. Mm. Alan Lazard's even lower. I've got him at 38. Um, I feel like Robert Tunyon is just generally overrated. Like (laughs) everyone thinks he's good because he's like the number one tight end for Rodgers and he doesn't have a lot of receiving options, but that has never panned out. And now that Randall Cobb's back, like it's even less likely to pan out. So like he's not a consideration and Cobb is like a super deep league guy. Um, But Honestly, I, I probably would try to look elsewhere if I can. Um, Watson is the one, like, he could score two touchdowns, in, <laughs> and, like, again. It wouldn't shock me. Like, he's just – it's like these freak athlete jump balls in the end zone. And if he comes down with those, then he'll have a great game. But um, it's it's a tough matchup. Yeah, it is a tough matchup. But I think I think you got to start Watson. It's You know what I mean? Like, after the last couple of weeks, like, what he's done, he's my wide receiver 25. I do have Lazard much lower. Um, in fact, not much lower, but I'm, I'm actually lowering him as we've been, <laughs> again, I use this podcast, man. Like it helps me, it helps me kind of move guys up and down and I'm, I'm moving Lazard slightly down, but I, I can't bench Christian Watson. He's like a borderline wide receiver too for me after the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I'll move him up a little bit. <laughs> if you move, if you move Lazard down, I'll move Watson up. <laughs> Done. Deal. It's a deal, man. <laughs> I'm moving him up to 28. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, what, are, what are you looking for in terms of the uh, the uh, Eagles uh, receivers? Yeah, I mean, I'm, well, I mean, I, like I said, I think it's a, I think it's pretty easy with you know starting like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Like Smith has been good lately. Um, I know Green Bay is a little bit of a tougher matchup. AJ Brown a couple weeks ago had a stinker of a game, but then you know last week he kind of came back. Uh, he still did not have, I mean, he was like a wide receiver 50 or something. So he had five for 60, you know, no touchdowns, but like he can't bench AJ Brown. The guy is just like a freak of nature. I love AJ Brown. You can't bench him, but I'm not going to rank him as like ECR right now is uh, seven. So I have him as my wide receiver 14. So I'm, I'm much lower than ECR, but again, I'm playing him. I guess the question is, does he get shadow coverage from Jair Alexander or I don't know. And the answer to that question, yeah. uh, I'm like going to pull up FTN's like <laughs> matchups tool and take a I mean, look Traylon at that Burks, at some point. But Traylon Burks smoked Jair Alexander at the end of the game last last week. Um, I, I know Jair, I know he's a good player, but like I don't know, AJ Brown can beat anyone. I'm not worried about a matchup there. No, you're right. You're you're totally right. I mean, he's the kind of player that it it doesn't matter. It's, it's like just... Devonte Adams. Honestly, I mean, Devonte Adams is is insanely good. Um, and we saw him in a tough matchup against Denver still be great. And he had that late touchdown, which made him like, he was wide amazing. open though. So much for that Denver defense. <laughs> I know. But AJ Brown's in that same conversation for me. Like 
I just I just watch AJ Brown play and I'm like I cannot bench this guy in fantasy football no unless he's hurt yeah I've got him at wide receiver seven so I I totally agree and and Smith uh, has been uh, been very good lately it's not the greatest matchup so I've got him more it's like a low end wide receiver too but yeah still a guy you're starting yep uh, all right final game of the of the uh, slate Monday night football <laughs> I'm I'm sort of surprised that this is what they thought would be a good Monday night football game but I guess <laughs> early in the season. <laughs> They were making the schedule, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Pittsburgh at Indianapolis, 39 over under, and the Colts are favored by two and a half points. Uh, it seems like either defense is a reasonable option here. I already mentioned I do sort of like Matt Ryan a little bit in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely pass the ball on Pittsburgh. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor is just sort of matchup proof again at this point, the way he's going. Um, but this seems like a game where, I don't know, I do think, I do think Indianapolis will win. I do think... Um, Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman uh, could get going and have have decent games here as well. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't hate the uh, the uh, Colts uh, skill position players in this game. I just I still don't see them lighting the scoreboard on fire though. Yeah, I mean with the low total, um, but but yeah, it's, it's it's one of those where I think you start those guys like you're talking about, and then we saw Najee as a top five running back last week against Cincinnati and Jalen Warren's hurt, so. I expect him to have the backfield a little bit even more to himself and coming off a good game like that. I mean, he has 20 rushes in back-to-back games. So I think we could see, we could see it again. I don't see why we wouldn't. I think he and Jonathan Taylor both probably will rush the ball about 20 times or close to it. So yeah, I like Najee mm-hmm. too. He's my, my running back 18, which is the highest I've had him in quite some time. <laughs> um, yeah. I have him at 20 in honor of him getting 20, exactly 20 carries the last two weeks. I put him at RB20. There you uh, go. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. I, he had been much lower in my rankings um, up until the last couple weeks when he started to uh, finally show some signs of life. And with Warren out, yeah, I mean, what I don't think Benny Snell is going to get nearly as many snaps as uh, as Warren was getting. So keep an eye on Warren's practice reports. He's not like officially rolled out for this game, but it's, it's looking right. unlikely he'll play. Yeah, but as far as like you know the anytime touchdown bets, I might stay away from those just because I don't know. Like this could be lower scoring, but yeah, I'm with you. I like Indy to win this game. I think I will definitely be betting on the Indy side because they gave Philly all all they wanted last week at home, and they were up at halftime. Uh, Philly had to come back and win in the fourth quarter, scoring two touch, scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter. So I think if Indy can just put it all together, four quarters, um, yeah, I think this is a win here for sure. Mm-hmm. What about the the Kenny Pickett and the, the passing game. I mean, Fryermuth is a, a very strong fantasy option every week at this point. But oh yeah, uh, are you touching George Pickens or Deontay Johnson? Um, Fryermuth, like you said, yeah, he's my tight end five, and I could easily put him over Hawkinson. He like I kind of tear off my tight ends. Kelsey's in a tight end of his you know tier of his own. Then I have Andrews and Kittle. Then I have Hawkinson and Fryermuth. Um, so that just tells you what I think of Fryermuth um, as far as the wide receivers. I, I have Pickens over uh, Deontay, like I, we kind of talked about a little bit uh, a couple days ago. I have Pickens as my wide receiver, twenty-seven, and I have Deontay Johnson. Oh man, where do I? I must have moved him down pretty far. Uh, wide receiver forty-two. So I have a big discrepancy there. Uh, Deontay is just—he just hasn't been doing it for me, you know. And and Pickett seems to like Pickens, <laughs> so I have Pickens quite a bit higher. How about you? Yeah, I might need to move Pickens up a little bit. I do have him ahead of Deontay Johnson. I actually have Deontay Johnson at the same spot as you at 42, but I have Pickens a lot lower. I have him at 35. So I'm I'm kind of just fading both of them in this game. Yeah. Uh, but, 
like Paris Campbell versus George Pickens is a, is a tight one for me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like I have Pickens and Pittman uh, close together, and then I have Paris Campbell above Deontay Johnson. But yeah, I could see that. I mean, Paris Campbell's been really good with Matt Ryan, so that is a tough one. If you have if you have Pickens and either of the Colts receivers, it is a it is a tough decision there for sure. Yeah, I just don't see the the Steelers having a great passing game uh, day. So, like to me, Pickens is like a yeah, he's a, a lower end wide receiver three, like in the conversation with a Paris Campbell or a Donovan Peoples Jones, Darius Slayton, uh, Curtis Samuel, those type of guys. Yeah, I mean they held the Eagles to what three points through three quarters. So if you can do that, yeah, it's it's hard to see uh, Pittsburgh doing a whole lot uh, just in this game. I think it, I think it's going to be a boring primetime game. Uh, as much as I don't want to end the podcast on a down note, I think that's what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, anyone that plays fantasy football knows if your uh, if your matchup is close coming down to the Monday night game down the wire like that game is you're going to be on the edge of your seat even if it's a 14 to 10 game <laughs> <laughs> that's true well maybe you have one of those defenses coming into Monday night that might that might do it <laughs> well one of my opponents does have them so uh yeah uh, Indianapolis defense so see how that goes um yeah. anyway that wraps it thank you all so much for listening uh Bart and I both have our week 12 rankings up at rosrankings.com so give those a look they will be continually updated uh, through Sunday's uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time games. And if you have any questions uh, about your lineup, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.